It's Around the John of Philly's podcast with your hosts, Colin Summer and Logan Peter. How's everyone doing on this fine Thursday evening? It is Around the John with another episode. Hope everyone is doing well. It is a nice day. Phillies win. We'll dive right into it. But first, we got some news. Logan? Nationals-Mets postponed due to COVID. A couple guys on the Nats tested positive. Uh, according to their camp, it was all players. Uh, we'll get more information on that, obviously, throughout the week. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, his first home run of the year uh, in the snow in Detroit. Uh, he slid into second base because nobody could see if the ball went over the fence or not. So but funny. So, so It did, funny. and it was the first one of the year. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers, first team to walk off. Uh, they come back and beat the Twins. Uh, Cody Bellinger hits a home run with some help from the Rockies outfield. Ronald and Ta- then Tapia. he actually overruns Justin Turner, so that home run turned into an RBI single today. Uh, the Blue Jays. Come back in the Bronx and beat the Yankees in extra innings. And that is your news from around the league. Not too much going on. Just some exciting things to start off the year. My particularly favorite thing that happened, Miguel Cabrera sliding into second base. That's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Not often do we get snow in the first weeks of baseball, but sometimes it happens. Happened today in Detroit. And we saw the effects of it. Thought it was a home run. Didn't think it was a home run. I actually slid into second. It was a home run. Pretty you actually, funny. You actually couldn't see it. Like no. it was, if you were watching the game, it was literally. It looked like Lambo in the middle yeah. of like in the middle of football season. It's it crazy. Was, it was really crazy. And then especially with Bellinger, this guy hits a home run. Justin Turner thinks that the left fielder caught it, but instead Bellinger passes Turner on the basis, and then it just ends up being an RBI single. So that's very, very unfortunate for the Dodgers. They're, I'm pretty sure they're still winning. No, I think they ended up did losing. They, did yeah. they lose? They were down 84. But. All right. But we're not here to talk about the MLB. We are here to talk about the Phillies. Opening day game. What a game. I'm a little upset. So first, I, I really thought Nola pitched well. And just, just to clarify, this is the opening day analysis, okay? And we have a lot to talk about. Right off the rip, Nola, he had a really solid day. Nothing insanely crazy. I, w- I would say it was above average. Yes. He had a few sloppy pitches, if you want to elaborate on any of those. And I'll talk about the one that I didn't like, that most people didn't like. But. You know, Noel had, a, Noel had a really good outing, and he, he looked fairly confident throughout, especially early. Uh, he had his fastball going, and, you know, his curveball is always deadly. And you saw the Braves trying to get on him early in counts and early in the game as well, uh, trying to jump on the fastball because he, you know that if you get to the curveball area, <laughs> chances are you're probably not going to hit it. So, overall, he pitched well. He had six hits, uh, two earned. The one mistake, obviously, to Sandoval. Uh, I think it was in the sixth. Uh you know, he missed inside on... JT was sitting outside for a fastball. He threw it inside, and Sandoval didn't make a mistake. Uh, other than that, I mean... Well, and the problem with that pitch was... And we didn't... I hated when Kapler was a coach, and it was all about analytics. And if you really watch Nola pitch, he is known for having a lot of tail towards a, right, a right-handed batter on his fastballs. And when Kapler was the coach, since it was all about analytics and trying to get the velocity up, he lost a lot of that tail, and that's part of the reason why I think he got rocked that year in his second year with Kapler. And 
you know, today, the tail on his fastballs was absolutely fantastic. On a right-handed batter, it started out of the zone, ended up, you know, painting the corners, and it was beautiful. But what happened with the at-bat with Pablo Sandoval is the fact that that tail was... Well, first of all, he missed his location. Yeah. Like you said, JT was set up outside. Nola throws it inside, but the tail took it right over the plate. Pablo Sandoval hits 407 feet into the second deck. I mean, it's a very unfortunate thing. Of course, it had to be Pablo Sandoval of yeah, all people, but and with the wind today too. I mean, it was blowing obviously left to right and towards right field, and you know, Noah made a couple pitches today where I looked at it and I feel like, I feel like if it was the middle of summer and like that that ball Freddie Freeman got a hold of if you if the wind wasn't the way it was today yeah, like there would have been a lot of home I mean runs even if today. the wind was today though and it was a 60 degree day compared to 48 like that ball's leaving the same thing with Bryce Harper's yeah Bryce Harper had a uh, similar ball to the All right, well, right left up, yeah so yeah. you look at you look at pitches like that and like those are mistake pitches that he got lucky with today but he he kept them to a minimum he hit his spots most of the day and i i can't be mad with where Nola sits after well, today's start. and it was the same thing with the first pitch of the game i, I was like oh here we go and Noah threw it right over the plate. I that that very the very first pitch of the game, I thought it was going to be an absolute nuke. It, he threw it right over the plate, and Acuna barreled it up. But you could clearly tell that the wind was in full effect today. So many people should have hit home runs today, like we said. You know, Harper, Freeman, Acuna. I'm pretty sure Darno got a hold of one. That yeah, was he also. And, yeah. So I mean, overall, you can't be upset with Noah's day. He pitched well. Uh, let's get to the bats. So. I think they played Max Freed uh, very well early. Like, they made him throw a lot of pitches early. You could just tell in that first inning when Reese was up. Like, you know, Reese has been... The one thing he's always been consistent doing is taking pitches and making the guys behind him comfortable and seeing a bunch of pitches before they go up to the plate. And he does a very good job of that. And he did that in the first inning, and it helped a lot. Like you know, they were, and his and Max Fried didn't have his best stuff today. Obviously, no, uh, but like let's, his curve let's, was a little off. Yeah, let's talk about Max Fried though. We're talking about a guy who went seven and zero last year mm-hmm. with like a two with a two point two five ERA. So obviously, this is not an easy matchup. No questions asked. But and this is something me and Logan might not fully agree on. But for me, if you look early in the game, we left so many different people on base, and especially against a guy like Max Fried. You want to get him out of the game early. And I'm not mad. What did he go? Five innings, six innings? I'm yeah, pretty they, sure he went they six. did a good job with that today. But I agree with you. They left a lot of guys on base that shouldn't have been left on base. Like that first inning, they had bases loaded one out. Bomb Didi. got the sack fly. And then Didi. And then Didi struck out, yes. And then the second inning, I'm pretty sure they had a couple guys on base as well. And the bo- well, I mean, the bottom of the order got a couple guys it on. Was, and I'm pretty yeah. sure Reese was the one that ended it. So they had... They had the chances. They like what you. I know you brought up a stat earlier. They said they had like twenty guys. They had twenty total people left on base. Yeah, and you know a lot of those guys. It was more towards early in the game and throughout the rest of the game. Just less people were getting on base. We weren't getting as many hits as you know we were early on. But it's just when you're facing such an elite pitcher, the whole the whole idea is to get a, a hold of them early, make the bullpen work, and it's not. Just because you want to get the guy out early, think about it. This is the first game of the series. You make everyone in that bullpen have to work and then come back out tomorrow night when they just pitched the night before. You know, that gives the Phillies an advantage for the rest of the series. So if they could have emphasized on those early at-bats when we had people on base and got freed out in maybe three, four innings, and then everyone in that bullpen, not everybody in the Atlanta bullpen is going to get used, but a lot of people are, that gives them an advantage for the rest of the series. So it's not just a, a game outlook, it's a series outlook, and that's why I think it's so important. Well, yeah, and you look at a team like Atlanta, they have 
they have a lot of uh, relief help, and I can't emphasize that enough. They have a lot of relief help, but their starting five is they're nothing special. Like besides yeah. besides their first two, I mean Ian Anderson, he's he's on Zach Eflin's level, I'd say. Yes. Yeah. And I look at Charlie Morton. He's what thirty six now. Thirty seven. Yeah, he's an old dude. But we he's are forgetting there. about Mike Soroka. He's gonna be good. When Soroka he gets when back. he comes back. Yeah, I agree with that. But as of right now, I'm and looking that, at the, I'm looking at when you're playing them because they play them again coming up. They play New York and Atlanta. Soroka yeah, thirteen be, straight, right? Yes. So yeah, and he won't be back by then. So you look at a team like Atlanta. If you can get on their starters early in games. Like, they sort of did with Freed. I mean, they, they got guys on base, and they drove his pitch count up. They just need up. to finish. Yes, they need, they need to, to put the runs in. But when you drive a guy's pitch count up with a team like Atlanta, especially early in a series, like you said, that's going to... Like, what they use? They used four... I think, I'm pretty sure they used four relievers out there. And they, they have use... five lefties. And they have five lefties out there that are all that can all pitch well, and they can pitch two-year, two through four, and get the outs that they need. Like, they have relievers. But if you can get to them early and have to use... Like, if they need to use some of the guys they use today, tomorrow night, or even Sunday. Like, that's just an advantage to your hitters because you've already seen them once in action. And on top of that, they're tired. They're tired. Yeah. These relievers are not used to pitching. They don't pitch often, yeah. They, they don't pitch, you know, especially with the COVID plus year. innings. Especially, yeah, especially with COVID. So it, it's just little things like that that the Phillies need to execute better. And, uh, and again, just narrowing it down to one situation when we had the bases loaded for Didi and he struck out. Like, I get that there's two outs, but in that situation, at least at least make the defense panic. you got to make it at some sort of contact in that situation. You cannot afford to strike out. It's just... You making contact at least give, gives the team a chance to score. Yeah. You know, it could it could be as simple as something as a, a weak dribbler down the third base, baseline that, you know, Austin Riley can't make. He might not be able to make that play. Or it could just be a sharp line drive to center field and they try and dive for it. And next thing you know, it's yeah. it's an error and we score three off of it. It's just little things like that that the Phillies need to execute a little bit better. So, Segura goes two for five today uh, with an RBI single. And obviously, it was the most important one of the game. Yes, sir. Uh, it was a, a chopper over to the third base side. It got over the head of Riley. It was kind of to his right, and he's a righty, so he had to make that you know that yeah. side over. And it was a big hop. So, and they were kind of playing in with the you know runners on the corner. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fortunate for the Phils, but something that they needed. They needed this win, especially once once Nola gave up that home run two two. Like you kind of think to yourself, like if we're in this situation last year. It's over. Yeah, this game's done. This like, bullpen's you can't, not going to yes. do anything. And speaking of the bullpen, you know, they performed very very well today. And, you know, it's a very small sample size. But for Phillies fans, this is very exciting mm-hmm. because we didn't experience this last year. For sure. It was a little concerning when Jose Alvarado came in. And this is something that, that I mentioned in the last podcast. That he is very boomer bust. And I'm hoping that he ends up being a boom. But, you know, he was topping off at 100 today, which is beautiful. A lot of tail on his pitches. You know, he has a very, very fast-sinking fastball, and I, and I love it. But when you let up three base runners, two outs, bases are loaded, like, it's just a little concerning. You don't want to get yourself in that situation. And, you know, he ends up digging himself out of that hole. He strikes out the last batter in the Which inning. is going to be huge for him and was definitely huge for the team today. Yeah, because if that doesn't happen, I'm sorry, but the Phillies are probably losing this game. Mm-hmm. That That's just my thoughts. I know Archie Bradley, and one thing, one thing that I really like about Archie Bradley is that he keeps batters on their toes. And why? If you watch him, it's no no more than 10 seconds in between pitches. This guy works so fast on the mound. He gets the ball back from the catcher, and he's already ready to pitch. I love every single second of that. It keeps the momentum, or his momentum going at least, 
And it throws batters off. You know, they're expected to, you know, step out of the box, take, take yep. a couple practice swings. Bradley does not give you that chance, and not a lot of pitchers are capable of being able to work at such a, a high tempo. Which so. is what the MLB wants as well, the speed of the game and stuff like that. They've always been preaching to exactly. their guys, get on the mound, get it. Don't, weren't they, for for a little bit, they were trying to enforce, like, if you, if you take a step out of, if you take both, or no, if you take one foot out of the box, then they'll call an out or something yeah, like that. And they did it to Adrian Beltre one time, and then the whole MLB was like, Dude, <laughs> you you can't do that. Come on. But no, I agree with you, Colin. The bullpen was excellent today, and uh, what what we haven't talked about yet, which I really want to talk about, is how well Hector Neris pitched tonight. He, oh, he still scares me. Listen, this guy, he he has all the talent in the world when he has his control and when he's focused. I feel like a lot of times when he's on the mound, he tends to lose focus sometimes, and when he does that, he gets in this funk that sometimes like it takes him a couple days to get out of and that's mm-hmm. like when 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 he blows a save or when something yeah, like that yeah, happens yeah, yeah. but when he's in a zone he's in a zone he could go out and get your three best hitters in a like he can go and do that he has the stuff to do it his pitch like his off-speed stuff today was working beautifully today my only my only problem with him is and it's one thing that a lot of major league closers who have made a name for themselves who are top end closers in this league if you take a look at them and what they have in common is that they typically throw extremely hard. And that's really why I've never really been a huge fan of Neris. I just don't think he has that shutdown ability. Like, I liked what he did today, but when he's topping out at 91-92, to me that's a little concerning. I want a guy who can just blow past somebody. I want a Josh Hader. And I know... You know, that's a lot to ask for. You you don't well, come yeah. across that every single at, day. You look at the but... Phillies bullpen, and I, I look at a guy like Alvarado, and I can see him somewhere halfway through the year switching up with Neris and maybe Neris going to the 8, or even Bradley going to the 8 and moving but, but, him, and moving yeah, Neris to a 7. Yeah, yeah, but I even... like Alvarado. No, but listen, I like Alvarado, and I like the way he can fire in a fastball 100 away. And his slider today was a little all Like, you saw that that when he the hit Austin Riley. Yeah. yeah. But when that slider's on, it's go, like it's coming in around 85, 86. That's tough to that's tough to read and 100%. then hit, especially when you're a righty. Well, on top of his fastball, that tails you know six inches yeah. to away from a yeah. right-handed batter. It's very very difficult. But why would I not want Alvarado in, in you know the closing role right now? Well, you saw what happened today. He almost blew it. Yeah. You know that he let three people on, and you know Neris was shut down. But you know to ask a guy to pinpoint his control every single game that he plays, that's a lot to ask for. Yet he is a major league baseball player, and that's yeah. what they're meant to do. But this is why I'm starting to lean more towards, you know, potentially Archie Bradley being our closer. Mm. I like him as a setup man, but he's able to throw, what, 95? He was sitting around 93, 95 today, so that's a but That's dick. not much different than That's theirs. not much different, but it's the tempo. It's like, imagine going into the ninth inning and putting three hitters away in under two minutes. You even look at Bradley, though, like... Even today, his first, the first debut that he did, didn't he walk? The, didn't he walk? The, yeah, he walked the first yeah. guy. He and he only faced two guys, so it was a small sample size from all of them. But overall, I think Girardi will do a great job with the bullpen. He always has. I said this last week. You look at his time in New York. He's done everything with the bullpen that he's done it all. He's done it all right. So I have full trust in what he's going to do with the bullpen all year. He sees what he likes right now, and I like that. And I do think, I agree with you, Colin. I think eventually through the year, though, he's going to adjust because some guys are going to get hotter than others. I think a guy like Hector Neris will start to slow down at point. He always does. He'll start to slow down at some point throughout the year, and then that'll give, or will get hurt. Like, somebody's yeah. going to get hurt, too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's 
not like that's inevitable. Someone I liked always Connor gets Brogdon hurt. today. He was good. I did, yes, and he He's he pitched too. well today too. Yes. Um, one other thing is that I'm calling out all of those people who did not like Girardi's bullpen decisions last year. Let's act like you know this guy didn't even have a chance. Like you're giving him some of the worst relievers well, no, yeah, in the entire league. Year, so. so you know he knows what he's doing, and people need to understand that because people wanted you know. And we've mentioned it numerous times that Philly's a tough city, but he wasn't given a lot to work with. So no. saying he had bad managerial decisions is absolutely foolish. I mean, you, look, you can just you look at the numbers. Like just, they yeah. had the second worst bullpen in MLB history last year, and even in a shortened season, like that's that's an, and the well, the first it's funny the first that is also the Phillies, but it was from like a hundred or so years ago, yeah. or like an 80, yeah. 80 to a hundred years, or eighty to ninety to hundred years ago, whatever it was, but. It's funny how history repeats itself because the Phillies bullpen last year was so putrid and but you look at how they performed today and it was three guys I mean It's encouraging. Yeah, and Bro- and Brogdon had Brogdon had some time last year and he didn't really look very well. But you know, it's and we talked about the extra inning rules a little bit before Bravely. before we came on, but when you start with a guy on second with no outs, that already puts your pitcher in a tough spot. And especially with a guy like Freddie Freeman coming up. That's scary. That's yeah, really scary. You know, you know, at at the minimum, he's moving the guy over. Yeah, because he's such a yes, he and he's such a situational hitter that you know the bare minimum he will hit a ground ball a second like he did today and move the guy over and give your team then give Atlanta two chances to get that guy in from third. So, you know that happened today, and you look at the Ozuna AB. He had him O two on two good changeups, and you know Ozuna got jammed. And he hit it to the perfect player. He hit it to the perfect spot, especially with Hazley not out there anymore. Mm-hmm. And Roman Clinton, it was an accurate throw. Not the strongest it throw, bounced, but it did, it did what it needed to do. It might have bounced five times. And I don't know I don't know if you saw the replay, but I don't know what Ozzy Albies was he doing. He, like, stuttered. He, stuttered. Yeah. He, looked, he looked at the ball and then, like, stuttered halfway down the line. Like he He's did, getting like, home. Yeah, He's almost, getting almost home. like he didn't want to go. And... You know, I, was, I saw people complaining that JT got in the way of Albies, but the ball let him there, so there's yes. there's no <sighs> ruling on that. So there's no, there's nothing there's nothing bad about that play. He did it all clean. It was a great play, great throw. You know, obviously it could have been a little better. It it, short, it basically short hop second base and rolled all yeah, the way in, yeah. but it did like you said. It did. It the did job. what it, it did. It the did job. The job. And we're not going to sit here and act like Roman Quinn has some super arm. Look, no, he he's, he's he's a super small guy. He's not. You know, the Incredible Hulk, he's not going to throw it 100 miles an hour at home. He doesn't have the Bryce Harper cannon. No. But the fact that it was accurate was enough. And, and uh, God, I can't stand the people saying that JT got in the way. If the ball leads you to that spot, it's fully uh, it's fully legal. Yeah. It's 100% okay to do that. So anyone complaining that that should have been obstruction just straight up doesn't know baseball. But, you know, hold on. Before you say anything else, some catchers, some catchers that would that would have turned into a situation where you have to. They didn't review it for a reason. JT had his left foot on home plate, basically like he was playing first, and had his right foot in front of the bag, all the way out, like towards the pitcher's mound, until the ball got past the pitcher's mound to where he had to move for it to make the play. So therefore, that's clean. If he would have been standing there the entire time, right on the baseline, then obviously that's going to be a run scored. JT's the best catcher in baseball. He, for a reason. Yes, for this exactly. specific reason, but he, he, other reasons. You give you give this guy the money because what he went two for three today, right? He went, walk. he went two. And before we start talking more in depth about room, you know, I just want to sum up the fact. Bullpen, great today. 3.1 innings, no runs, one hit, two walks. Something we've never got to experience. Yes. Done with for that. For now, we are satisfied with the bullpen. And if they continue to 
be remotely close to what they were today, especially against a good lineup like Atlanta, we are very happy. But JT, so JT went two for four today. Okay. Okay, yeah. One RBI. Yes, sir. We like that. With, and he ripped a double down the right field line. And you just look at this guy. His, his, he leads, like... His he, approach to the game is really, so good. Yes, it's and he so doesn't good. even really talk a lot, like, on the field and stuff. Not that you hear, at least. But... He's like one of those guys where he's like he's a silent leader. Like he he sh- he does it by example. He goes up to the plate. He has a great approach, and he does it behind the plate as well. You, there is a reason Ronald Acuna. He he had forty forty just two years ago. Forty home runs, forty stolen bases. There's a reason he didn't try to steal today. <laughs> he yeah. knows that most likely he's, he's not getting out. there. Like th- this guy, this guy throws guys out. He does everything at an elite level, and this is why he needed to be re-signed and. We're we're gonna choose a player of the game for for this opening day, and we're we're choosing neither a JT and for the reason we just mentioned the play at home. He was great offensively today, and I'm assuming going forward we'll probably do a player of the week, not a yeah yeah yeah. We won't put since the one game was out today. We're deciding to do a player of the game. Obviously next week we'll have you know the rest of this series and then the Mets series to analyze. So we'll have more of more yeah more of a failure of the week. Per se. Yeah, and I definitely think that's something interesting. And, you know, we don't necessarily have to agree on one person. You and I can both no, pick yeah. one, or, one or the other. Um, but it's something just to incorporate, just just to give a little light to those mm-hmm. who, you know, perform for the Phillies and are putting them on their back. And that's exactly what JD, JT did today, you know. He, he's doing it offensively. And, and, again, he's the best catcher in baseball for a reason. This is exactly why you saw people outside of the stadium last year before the season was even over holding signs saying, sign JT. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason for that. And especially because what would be the point if we got rid of Sixo Sanchez, one of our better, you know, one of our best yeah. prospects. A guy that's time. looking like he's getting better and better in in your division still. You don't you don't trade that guy for a two-year a rental. rental of yeah. the best catcher in baseball. You trade that guy for... Seven years and a franchise cornerstone. Absolutely. Um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up, just the overall defense defense of the game, not just JT, because we had other players making absolutely outstanding plays. Let's talk about uh, what was it? Man on first, second, and third. Man on second and third, and boom, uh, beautiful play. Oh, yeah. Beautiful play. You know, and that was right after that was right after the Hoskins error. Yeah. Which Ugh. which was. You know, I, I listen. Reese, Reese made a good play, but he needs to know that Ronald Acuna is on first base. When a when a slow ground ball is coming to you that you have to charge, chances are you're not going to have the time. Just think one. There, especially since you're a righty, you you have to you're you have to turn basically the two seventy, not the one eighty. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you need to turn the full to get your arm to go that way. So yeah, just just take it, get the one out, and then. Go from there. You Man, have Aaron, and you, and you have Aaron Noah on the mound still at that time. So you're like he's he's been pitching well. You know you, you don't you don't need to try to be Superman, and that's kind of what Reese did on that play. But you know, regardless, and and he tried to make a flip at the end, and it kind of sailed past Noah because it was in an awkward position over his shoulder, and that's yeah. just not and on the run it was, it was an awkward position. Well, remember how I analyzed it earlier? I I, I kind of summed it up in a football manner when you think about it. You have receivers who are looking downfield before even getting the ball. You have plenty of receivers who do this where they're thinking, okay, I'm about to take this you know, into the end zone, but they don't even catch the ball. They're thinking way too far ahead before even catching the ball. So you can't do anything without catching the ball. This is the same thing for Reese. He had his feet set up, his body halfway turned before receiving you know, this ground ball, and he was ready to set up for the double play. 
But at that point, he's thinking way too far ahead. It's a one-step process. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, that might seem like a slow thing, like it takes too much time. But if you do things, you know, in a good manner and a very in very flawless movements, obviously you're going to do what needs to get done. But when you're trying to do way too much, this is exactly what happens. You know, then there's one out. Two people, one second and third, both in scoring position. With Ozuna up. With Ozuna up, who's a, a very he's a talented hitter. Yeah, he's exactly. a pure hitter. Very talented. And you have someone like Bohm who is able to bail him out. And thank goodness he's, what, 6'3? Because just a smaller yeah, third baseman is not. 6'5? Yeah, a smaller third baseman's not catching that. But, and that was hit hard, too. Oh, yeah, it was, it was 107 off the bat. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, saw, I heard it on uh, the broadcast. But um, no, yeah, it was a great play. And Noel kind of left that one out over the plate. It, it looked like. I want to say it was, I want to say it was a fastball. He kind of just, was. yeah, he kind of just left it over the plate, and Ozuna squared it up, and Bomb's reflexes were were crazy. He, you know, he went across his body to make the play, and it was a great catch. And the Phillies needed it because if that goes in, it's two two then, and then, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen later on in the game. But if Sandoval comes up again in that situation, there you go. Now you're down four two. So exactly, it's a big play. They needed it, uh, and another play uh, that was made. Yeah, it was in the it was in the Naris inning. And Less crucial. Yeah, Less there was no, crucial. there was nobody on, but two outs. But you don't want, you don't, want, you don't want to face Freddie Freeman. Nobody wants to face nobody, Freddie Freeman. No, and when no, you have, Al, no. when you have Ozzy Albie up, Ozzy Albie's up. He's not as good of a hitter as Freeman. He can make contact. Like you saw what he did today. He he made contact most of his abs. I think he struck out once, but he he's a contact hitter. So. You'd rather face him than a guy like Freddie Freeman who can either rip a double into the gap, hit one, yeah, hit one up over the yeah, yeah, exactly. He can do anything, and and you know how situational he is. He'll do whatever it takes to get a run. He's that good at hitting to where he can pick out where he wants to put a, like the ball in that vicinity. I'm gonna put it in that vicinity well, to we, do this for our team. Well, we mentioned he does it that in, so well. We mentioned it in extra innings, you know, when he pulled it to the right side, knowing there's no outs, man on second, yeah, get the guy over. He's one of the best situational hitters so in baseball. Yeah, so. so you don't you don't want to face him. Didi's running backwards, looking like Willie Mays. He turns his head. He looked like he kind of like not slipped per se, but like he he looked like he wanted to trap it on his chest as yeah. he was falling backwards because he didn't because I don't know like hey, it was man, in the palm of his whatever glove. Gets yeah, it whatever done. happens, <laughs> it landed in his glove. It didn't hit the ground. He caught it. It was a great play, and you know it was big for the inning and it was big for the momentum really because I mean they went into that bottom of the ninth. I mean, a hype play like that. Yeah, yeah. It just sparks especially momentum, with the fans you know? and with the fans back too. Like, it was it's a thing of beauty. It was honestly. a great. It was a great game today, and it was fun to watch. And hopefully, that's just the start of a good season, man. Because if they can continue to beat teams like the Braves and continue to beat these juggernauts of the division, we might we might be talking more about October than we are about. God, I hope these so. Days. I, I I honestly hope so. I you know, little personal anecdote here. I had a uh, newscast to do today for one of my classes, super nervous, and I'm just, my mindset this whole entire time was, I just want to get this done so that I can watch baseball, because I missed part of the game due to one of my classes, and I'm like, oh, dude, I just want to watch the Phillies right now, and, you know, I got through it, and I'm feeling great, and I'm having a great day, next thing you know, Noah lets up the, the two-run home mm. run, and then if we fast-forward later, RBI walk-off single from Segura. Everything came full circle. It's been a great day, and it's a great start to the Philly season. I think the last thing they needed, you know, this this team has good chemistry, and if you notice it on the walk off, like Didi's sitting there laying on Gene Segura in the outfield, and they're all t- yeah, they're tickling him. Yeah, literally. well, and you, you look at this team, and they have a lot of chemistry. They all most of these guys, you they kind of ran it back in a sense. They have basically the same exact nine as they did last year, and 
They added a couple bench pieces, and, jo- and we didn't see Joyce today, but Matt, uh, Brad Miller had a good AB today. He literally had one. I think he landed on the he landed on the day today with an oblique from this one swing he had today, but it was a line shot with a guy on second. And, I mean, Albies yeah, but... was just right there, but, you know, they have a couple extra pieces, and but, I mean, like, these guys like each other, man. They're yeah. all likable dudes, and, like, you look at a guy like DD, like, and a guy, even, like, even a guy like Gene, like, they're glue guys. They're guys that yeah. can mesh the clubhouse together, and... Man. Well, that's that's what's important, you know. You need guys who are going to get people hyped for the game, and you need guys who are going to pick everyone else up when everyone else is down after they lose a game, you know. It, you just you need a clubhouse that can do that, whether it's one person who does it one day or one person who does it another day. It's it's that we ha- the fact that the Philly, Phillies have people who are capable of just feeling like they bring this team alive it's just, you know, I feel like we yeah. haven't experienced this in so well, long. Well, it's contagious, yeah. You, you, I mean, the Phillies over the years, the past couple of years, they've always had one guy that kind of would try to rally the team together, but, like, they all kind I think they all always kind of knew, like, you know, we're, not, we're not as good as these other teams, you know, yo, we have, so... We have cornerstone pieces yeah, now. they finally but... have franchise players that you can look at and go, all right, well, this is the man, so if I can play up to his potential... Like, if you look at a guy like Bryce Harper... You can't tell me a guy like Bryson Stott and a guy like even like I'm talking about like in spring the training. Youngins. Yeah, all the young guys looking at this guy hitting like 500 foot home runs in spring training. You can't yeah. tell me that that's they're not looking at that like wow, like I want to play with him. Like well, it, let it, me get up here. It's just you know, and Alec Baum had a great season last year, but you, you know he's still young. Yeah. You know he played, you know he played a third of a season and he did phenomenal, but. Even these guys who are just a couple years older, and even though Alec Baum was great last year, he's still determined to be as good as those guys. Yeah. He's seen what Bryce Harper has done throughout his career. You know, he's mashed, what, over 300 mm-hmm. home runs or close to it? There's, you know, these young guys want to... It's not that they want to be them, it's that they want to be up there with them. And that that's yeah, because what makes us so beautiful as an give, organization. They give any chance a team to win, or a chance to win, sorry. They give any team a chance to win. And what I mean by what I mean by that is, they like a guy like JT Romito, a guy like Aaron Nola, a guy like Bryce Harper will only make guys like Reese Hoskins, guys like Scott, hopefully hopefully Scott, Scott Kingery, Kingery. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> hopefully Scott Kingery, Adam Hazley, like they'll only make those guys better. Like you're learning from the best. You're learning from some of the best hitters in the game, and that only makes your team better. So I really like the way these guys are looking right now. And if the season has any, you know. <laughs> similarities to the first game, I think yeah. we'll be happy campers. For sure. All right, boys. We're gals moving on. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a series preview, just some expectations. Um, and what we'll typically do every week, you know, we're only analyzing this one game. What we'll t- what we'll probably do is go game by game, uh, just brief overviews for, you know, following weeks, just for reference. But for today, we're doing opening day. And we'll do the series preview every week as well. So looking at next game we because obviously we don't have a game on friday you'll hear this on sunday so you you know unfortunate timing because of editing but we got braves at phillies this is on saturday we got wheeler versus morton the the 37 year old who dealt last i can't believe yeah i can't believe he still pitches as well as he he was on the phillies i know remember that and he sucked yeah he was awful, and then he I got mean, he, hurt. He rejuvenated his career in Tampa. Oh, well, I mean, Houston, he had a couple good years. When they won, he, he had a couple good years there. But, I mean, ta- I mean, the last couple years in Tampa, like, he was just... He's been great, he's, so... Yeah, he's, he's aging like wine. Like, he's just you know, getting better, it seems like. I don't care that he's 37, and, you know, he might slow down a little bit this year. I don't care what age he is. We, t- we want the Phillies to take every single game 
with a grain of salt, whether they're facing the best pitcher in the league, the worst game in the league. I don't care. They have to have the mindset. We want to blow this guy out of the water in the first three innings, you yeah. know? Um, so hopefully, you know, we got Wheeler on the mound. Hopefully he can expand on what he did last season. He was an oh, absolutely phenomenal I, I, yeah. I, last I, year. I really loved Zach Wheeler signing right from the beginning. I, I, I looked at a guy like Wheeler and his, his fastball seems to move up when he pitches it. Like he, he throws it so like he throws it on such a line that it's, it's hard to connect with, man. It's, it's really hard to connect with. And he has, he has a couple pitches that just blow guys out of the water, and you saw it last year before he went down. What was it? he lost a nail or something? Some, yeah, some, he, fr- yeah, some like, fluke yeah. injury that brought him to the IL. But regardless, I think that'll be a good matchup. And Sunday, Easter Sunday, we have uh, Zach Eflin going against Ian, Ian Anderson. Anderson. Uh, I am very intrigued. I'm more intrigued with this matchup than I am more with the Wheeler Morton matchup. I know what I'm gonna get out of Zach Wheeler every yeah. day. I'm very intrigued to see the steps that Zach Eflin has taken. Look, uh, this could be a hot take, but I think Eflin might have a great season this year. Like, I'm talking sub-3 ERA. He's shown so many flashes of potential. I've heard out of camp that that's what they're expecting. Like, and, and that's... He's shown flashes of it the past couple years. Like, you've seen it when he pitches. Like, he's had a couple. Like, he had a stretch last year where he threw, like. He was dominant. Yeah, he threw two or three complete games in, like, a 10 or 11 game span. He was doing great. Wow. Like, this guy looks kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he. And he's big. And he takes a long stride to the plate. And that throws a lot of. Like, it's, it's, it's Randy Johnson esque. Like, he's tall and he's lengthy and. He throws pretty hard, but not hard. But hard. the way, the how long he is, like he's closer to you when he's throwing. So it's like I don't it makes know. it harder for him. Yeah, That's exactly. Time to it's, react. It's hard, yeah, it's harder to react to a pitch, um, and he has good stuff, and he's accurate. The one thing about Zach Eflin, which I like a lot, is he stays accurate. He can hit his corners. He can hit his spots. So I really like him. Uh, let's move into the next series. Well, real quick, Ian Anderson, just a little brief overview of him. Right. He's a very young pitcher. He was great. He was a high end prospect for the Braves. Um, he showed a lot, as well as Eflin, but in a shorter span last year, he showed a lot of potential, uh, especially in the playoffs. He was a very dominating force, so this could be a really yeah. good matchup. Uh, hopefully for the Phillies' yeah. sake, he and sucks. All, but... Yeah, and they're, all, and they're on the same level, I'd say, Eflin and Anderson. Yeah, as They're two guys that are trying to, you know, prove their worth, but everybody can see that their worth is there. They yeah. just need to, Execute. Know, yeah, do it. Um, but moving on, on Mets at Phillies, this is on Monday, I want to say, or Tuesday. I'm not entirely sure. It is Monday, indeed, at 7.05 p.m. We got <laughs> the, what was he, in the Japanese League or the Korean uh, League? Matt Moore, baby. Let's go. Hey, this is where it hurts Phillies fans. Listen, and David Peterson isn't much better than him, so... These are the type of games where you're going to need the offense to win you these games, and you're you're going to need your bullpen to come out to play. Like yep. especially with a team like the Mets, man, they got they have a lineup. They have, I think they have the best lineup in the league. We can or not not league, not league, a division. Sorry, division, 100%. yes, that's what I meant, not league. Um, but yeah, I really do think they have, and this we've talked about this before. This division is no joke. Like it's one of the best in baseball. I think it's so. A, it's with there, yeah. it being the best lineup in the league. You have to look when when Matt Moore and Chase and guys like Matt Moore and Chase Anderson are going on the bump. You need to be able to replicate the runs produced on the other well, side. Well, that and you need to your bullpen needs to step up, man. And those are, these are going to be these. There are a lot of these games are going to be big bullpen games, especially even these two games at Atlanta that are in Atlanta. Oh gosh, playing against Atlanta. Yeah, like these two games against Atlanta still like. 
the bullpen's going to have a big role in these games, and they need to. That's going to be the focal point all year of this team is the bullpen and what they do to perform. Because if you think about it, last year, this team would have been a playoff team last year if the bullpen. I think personally, if the bullpen we had this year was there last year, it would have been a playoff team. Miami wouldn't yeah, have been in the playoffs. One hundred percent. We how many games did the bullpen lose? Last yeah, that's what I'm saying. They choked a lot of games, digits. and they choked basically the entire month away playing. So and you know what's really important. Having Chase Anderson and Matt Moore at the end of the at the end of your rotation, experience you know, experience is nice. But even if they don't go long, it's great. It's absolutely phenomenal the fact that we picked up someone like Archie Bradley who's able to stretch out more than one inning. Yeah, you know, he used to start a few games, or he might come in for a guy who gets blown out of the water early, yeah. and he's able to pitch like two or three. And that's innings. gonna happen. And and it's gonna happen. And guys are gonna get and blown out of the water exactly every, every once in a while, especially guys like Matt Moore and Chase Anderson, and even guys like Spencer Howard when they come up again because he's he's got talent. But let's face He's it, young. yeah, everybody gets rocked a couple times in the MLB, For especially sure. with some of these lineups that you're facing. I mean, there's uh, talented hitters across the board, but that's why I really like the Archie Bradley signing, not just as a premier, you know, bullpen piece. It's the fact that he can, you know, pitch more than one inning yeah. if need be. And I'm hoping it's not like that. Yeah. Like, I hope it doesn't have to happen. We want the starters to eat up as many exactly, innings as possible. That, but. That's so essential. They have to eat up innings. And, you know, if Anderson and Moore can get through a combined 10 innings each, whether it's, you know, one guy pitching four, one guy pitching six, or both pitching five, that's yeah. perfectly Espe- fine oh, with me. Especially with a team against the Mets, man. Like, if they can get through four through six, I'm happy. Yeah. Four through thing. six innings with... A minimum of two runs. Like you can't, you can't get blown out of the water in four innings and say that's a good outing. Like obviously, if he, give, if he gives up five runs in four innings, and that's not a good out. But if you go out there, give up, you know, five hits, one run, do four. Sure, I'll take it. I'm okay no, with that. that. Yeah, exactly. Day. And we can we can stretch out five innings from the bullpen, like you said, Archie Bradley. And you can come in for two other, or three. And there's a couple other guys in the bullpen that we didn't see today that like they're gonna benefit this team. The bullpen is substantially better than last year. Well, we didn't get to see Sam Coonrad yet. No, and a couple. There's a couple guys like Coonrad though that. Kinsler, we didn't yeah. get to. Did, what did Kinsler pitch today? No, no, he didn't pitch today. That's what I thought. Yeah, so we have we we have good pieces in the bullpen now. Now I'm not saying we have these perennial all stars. Obviously, that's not what I'm no, saying. They we have, have they have Hayden. valuable experience in the mm-hmm. league. That's all you like. I'm not saying that's all you need as a bullpen, but but it's huge. Yeah, it's it's huge that you've you've been in that situation pre-COVID with a bunch of fans screaming at you in the eighth inning in any game. Bases yeah, exactly. In any like, you've been in that pressure situation. That's huge for any player, especially with fans coming back now, because they are going to play a huge role in this year, not just in baseball, in every single sport. The fans are a complete different dimension to any sport. One hundred percent. And when you factor them back in. It's, it's, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be completely ballgame. different. And that's why I love Phillies fans. They come they come prepared. You know, yeah. whether we you know the eight thousand fans we might have had today to the Phil to the Phillies or the you know the players, that's that feels like a full ball. Yeah, ballpark well, I mean, and them, you, you, know? you look at you look at anybody. I, I saw a bunch of people tweet like even like John Clark and stuff like people like that. Like they're like this feels like people that were there. Yeah, they were like, man, this feels like way more than eight thousand people here because they just are. Loud and obnoxious and for Philly. Sure, man. They're Philly. But yeah, the second matchup with the Mets, you know, we kind of already talked about him. We got Chase Anderson versus uh, Ty, Ty, uh, how Ty Juan him, uh, Ty Walker. Juan Walker. <laughs> uh, he's been shaky throughout his career. Hopefully we can knock a couple runs in on him. 
And then the premiere matchup uh, of this series, gonna be, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a fun it's game. It's going to be a very fun game. Hopefully, Nola doesn't get rocked, but we got Nola versus DeGrom. DeGrom, to me and Logan, Man. undoubtedly the best pitcher yeah, in the league. If you don't agree, we don't know where you've been for the last couple yeah, years, he's, but... He's something else, man. He he can... I was talking about how Zach Wheeler has a straight fastball. You look at the way DeGrom's dude, fastball comes, comes off his hand, and it's like, wow, he just... It looks it just, like it's on a mission He paints He paints corners like Picasso. Yeah. Like, dude, this guy is literally a painter when, I mean, when he pitches. He's, he's amazing. He's worth every penny, and the Mets got a good one, and that's another reason. That, that's it. That's it's, it's, it's another reason why the Mets are super scary, man. They got they have a couple... Got even guys behind him in this rotation that... Like even have potential. Even, yeah, and you look at a guy like Stroman. Like, he hasn't had the best couple of years, but he had a couple pretty good years. solid years just in solid. Toronto. Yeah. yeah, he had a couple solid years in Toronto. If yeah. Sandergaard could ever stay healthy, he's another guy. He's he, That guy, he's a massive dude. Like, he could throw the ball hard, and if he's 100%. accurate, like, it, good luck. Good 100%. luck getting that. Uh, yeah, I honestly think that's going to wrap up the episode for today. We... You know, we went over the series preview. From now on, we're probably going to do uh, a summary of what we see throughout the week. You know, we only had one game to talk about today, but obviously a great game to talk about. It uh, doesn't really get more exciting than a, you know, a walk-off winner. Nah. Uh, you Can't know, ask for anything <laughs> better than that, man. No, I mean, I could. I wish Nola would have got the win well, today. Yeah, but, 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 you know, at the end of the day... get the loss. At the end of the day, we're not looking at whether Nola got the W. We're looking nope. at whether the Phillies got the win. And that's what's important here. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed... The episode today, I know I did. I know Logs did. Yep, uh, always. Always, for sure. We love Phillies baseball. We'll be back next week. I hope you guys enjoyed, and you'll catch us around the john. Yeah.